Hey everybody and welcome to the Wellness That Works podcast. Hi Lily. Hi Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Having a having a brighter week. The sun, I know, the sun is so out. nice and blue skies and I'm very excited for this week's podcast. We've got a very special guest with us. Um, she won gold in the Olympics with the Great British Hockey Team. She's been awarded Female Goalkeeper of the Year um, and she's got an MBE, so... Uh, big deal here we've got Maddie Hintz with us hi Maddie (laughs) definitely not a big deal (laughs) it's nice to be here thanks for having me no problem how have you been yeah all right just cracking on I guess like everyone else um we're quite lucky at the minute well we are have been very lucky that we've been able to carry on training we've got a they call it elite dispensation I guess from the government side of things that we're able to carry on and be together as a squad so that's great even though life is very different like normally we just wouldn't be in the country at this time of the year because of the weather obviously that's causing havoc on the pitches right now trying to stop them from being frozen but um yeah we are able to get in as a squad and kind of still continue in some fashion towards our preparations for Tokyo so can't complain too much where would you normally be then? Is there somewhere you you go particularly for summer training? Um, we tend to be oh. in the warm weather, so it, it, it's warmer normally, training. Yeah, it's normally <laughs> um, out towards Australia, New Zealand. So typically that's oh. where we were. We were supposed to be in Spain right now. Uh, that was the backup plan, but that got cancelled at the very last second as well. So we get so close sometimes, and then we just can't go. So that's been probably the hardest part. Is the you think you're getting somewhere, and we're gonna actually play someone else other than each other which would be nice um but yeah yeah, it's not meant to be and and at least we can train so it could be worse yeah absolutely my goodness what a change yeah it's different it's like such a british thing at the moment everyone asks how everyone is and we're all just kind of programmed to go yeah you know it's all right yeah you know just plodding along but actually when you (laughs) get down to it it's like well actually I could be in Australia right now so I'm not great yeah the reality of it is I'm absolutely fuming I'm not only do I look like Casper the ghost I'm so white I'm just the sun yeah I mean yeah you can you can definitely get your head down about it but there's just no point like I've definitely had those phases where I'm just moping around and complaining and just yeah like world is ending type stuff but it can always be worse so you do have to try and put stuff into perspective especially yeah. as an athlete because there's just no time for kind of moping around yeah that's true but you know you've you made some good points there we all need the sun on our skin right now I just <laughs> want some vitamin D some like natural <laughs> sun to warm my bones because yeah. I just feel like I'm again yeah I'm just feeling very sort of pale and cold yeah and it 100% affects your mood 100% oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like really even today does. like just seeing the sun I'm like I feel a bit better like today is a better yeah. day yeah so... I woke up and I thought oh the light's different and I'm <laughs> yeah. happy about this you know yeah. dude, it really does make such a difference yeah and um yes and you're right I think it's just being British isn't it we'll go yeah yeah we're okay I'm okay yeah I'm okay that's yeah. sort of the general <laughs> yeah, the general answer the politeness because I'm not going to bring you down <laughs> with my mood <laughs> but um yeah so so tell us how you got started in, in hockey is it was it a school thing did you start at yes school? um so so my my family well my dad was uh, in the navy so as a family we traveled like loads um so I constantly changed schools and we were in different countries and it was when I was 12 uh, we moved back from Belgium to the UK and I joined a private school for the first time and I joined in their summer term 
and they were playing rounders. I had absolutely no idea what rounders was, what hockey was, like what tennis was. I was a little footballer in Belgium. That was my little thing. I was called the pocket rocket or something. Oh, <laughs> I don't <cute>. know. <laughs> like midfielder. So I was always like in the thick of the action. Right. I liked like that side of the uh, team sport. So when we're, uh, I was in the rounders season, apparently I was just like incredibly dramatic in a rounders field, like diving around for the dramatic catches. Um, and then so I remember the, the PE teacher at the time saying to me, Maddie, next term is hockey. Um, we think you should be the goalkeeper and I was like what what is hockey and goalkeeper no thank you I know what a football goalie's like and they do a lot of standing around it's not for yeah. me um but anyways yeah being the new kid I didn't give an awful wasn't given an awful lot of say in the in the choice so it was handed this huge bag of stuff that stank and it was like put this on um and off you go and yeah I've not looked back it took me a while to get used to it but it's a pretty unique position um and, I, and I've obviously suited the role I do I do like what comes with the job comes with the territory the pressure and all that so but you have to it's such a strange position at the end of the day that's you've right, just given say. me oh, sorry. sorry i was just gonna say you've just Go given on. me severe nostalgia of remembering <laughs> the smell of the pe equipment like <laughs> i was i was goalkeeper for hockey at school and oh my god the it's sweat bad, smell the sweat really and the bad. damp because yeah. it was kept in some dodgy shed or something yeah. wasn't it yeah. or a cupboard that was <laughs> yeah. definitely damp yeah i mean mine's all luckily i've got a garage like when i was looking for buying a house i had to fax it in like a space for this goalkeeping bag like if i didn't it comes in the house and i refuse for it to be here but i do pride myself on being one of the, probably the best smelling goalkeepers out there <laughs> i do good, yeah. i do wash it so not everyone can pull that card against me or like you can, we can't room with the goalie because they stink well i don't think i smell that bad i think it's pretty good that's how we should have well. introduced you the best smelling goalkeeper out there <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant and i've seen how big those goalkeeping bags are because my son plays hockey yeah. for a local team he's only eight um, but yeah, the, the goalkeeping kit is serious kit. Mm-hmm. You need well, it, that ball is hard. Like. Well, it is. And actually, you know, we were talking about nobody wants to be a goalie. It's because you have to be fearless, have, yeah. have, you know, be prepared to take one in the face. <laughs> Obviously, you've got, you've got a guard on, but there's, that's still a scary you yeah. know, prospect. Yeah, um, it, it's and, a strange yeah. one. It's yeah. a strange one. I always say, though, like, people are always like, oh, you must be the bravest in the team. Well, I'm a bit like, I don't know, like, at the top level these days, these guys run around with, like, six-inch shin pads and a gum shield, and, and I'm stood there head-to-toe in padding. I've got a helmet on my head, and I'm, the, and I'm the brave one? I don't think so. Like, I asked some of my players to run down a shot for me to protect me, and I'm stood there in all the padding. Like, <laughs> I think I've, it's been a smart choice. Um, and, uh, yeah, without my gear on, I'm probably in a right wimp. So. <laughs> and are you one of those keepers that really sort of you know gets your gets your players in position and shouts at them? And, and that's 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 yeah. basically the game plan. Make them yeah. make me look good. Like exactly, less, the less I have to do, the better. Yeah. So, yeah, I always definitely. say to my son, you know, it takes eleven players to save a goal. So, 100%. so don't go blaming the goalkeeper. Smart. Like, yeah, yes. I like you. Good stuff. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, he's been talking about whether he wants to be a keeper. And concerned that he's he's leaving it too late, and I said to him, "You're eight. You have time to make this decision." <laughs> he's like very oh serious goodness, about I it. Yeah. I, was, I didn't put my what what thirteen. I was actually when the pads went on. So he's got. He'll have a few years ahead of me if it gets going now. He's got time. Yeah, yeah and I did say, time. you know, you you've started off young. You know, a lot of people don't actually find hockey until sort of secondary school. Yep. So mm. um, hopefully, yep. you'll be really good by then. Yeah, you should definitely give it a go. You never know till you try it, do you? Exactly. Exactly. So from the sweaty school equipment <laughs> to the Olympics, big, big jump there. Um, yeah. 
obviously, you know, you won gold with the Great yeah. British team. That must have been an insane career moment. My and goodness, have yeah. there been other things before that that you would have said were career topping? And did that definitely hit the post? Or are there others that you would actually feel prouder of, do you think? I think, it, I think it's like different meanings to all of them. So for mm. me, I definitely... From the day I put that smelly kit on to probably when I was about, I would say, 21, I really struggled to get like picked. I was always kind of third choice, fourth choice. I was I was a bit different. I played a, game, a style of goalkeeping that at the beginning, like 10, 11, well, longer now, what am I on about? I'm really old. 15, 17 years ago, um, was a kind of, um, typically it was someone that probably just didn't want to be in PE. Like they just was like, oh yeah, last person standing, you can be the goalie. That's literally yeah. what it was like. And I was an athlete. Like I, I was typically used to running around. So I, I kind of took that side of me into goalkeeping and was pretty active, came off my line a lot, diving around. Um, and it hadn't really been seen before. And naturally that that worried selectors and coaches. It was against the norm. They wanted to stick with kind of what they knew and I just couldn't get picked. And I kept getting told I was too small and it was like too dynamic and you just need to stand there. And it was like, anyway, so for for the first part of my career, I really struggled. It wasn't until someone kind of spotted me off the luck of um, the fact that the girl in front of me had to go to like Russia on some sort of, PE trip or something I can't remember what it was but she should have been in goal that weekend and instead they had no one left so they had to put me in and uh, and someone stood there from the um, national setup was watching and was like oh quite like what we see here yeah. let's have a look at Maddie a bit more so again like moments like that really stand out for me and then obviously the day I made my debut uh, at Bisham Abbey literally down the road from here I remember every save I remember every feeling I remember driving out the car park I'd had a cracking game um, I was playing against people I'd been watching on the uh, um, Olympics in 2008 I'd been watching them on TV the Germans I'd cut him like these were heroes in front of me and I was now playing against them I remember driving out of Bisham Abbey smiling so much because I knew on that moment I'd done enough to prove to myself that I was going to be able to compete at this top level uh, I, I'd earned a contract off the back of that full-time contract off the back of that performance and so again like that moment there I would still say probably gives me as many goosebumps as the Olympic gold medal because it was just key moments in my career where I kind of really like scrambled over those mountains of like constantly being told no so that one and then I think the first time we ever won a gold medal was the Europeans uh in London um that was our first ever gold as as a British women's hockey team and um, it was in London, it was at home, and it was, yeah, a matter of less than 12 months before Rio. So we finally kind of proved to ourselves that we were to be taken seriously, that we could do this, and what gold felt like. Yeah. And that for sure gave us that kind of belief and boost that in 10 months' time we could go and do something special in Rio, and that's what we went and did. So there's definitely some key moments in my career that stand out for me, but of course, Rio was like something that to be honest to this day doesn't really feel like it happened the story of it the way the final went like it was all just like something out of a fairy tale for sure yeah but you ended up with a penalty shootout didn't you yeah it had everything like the game you know it had a penalty in the match it was three all like it was like one one nil up one or two one up two or three one up like it was literally like mental you couldn't have written that kind of the more perfect 
um, I guess, display of top oh, level sport. Oh, it was definitely, sport. yeah, Yeah, a and good team watch. sport and coming together. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, apparently it was gripping. It was definitely probably more nerve-wracking watching them playing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it had everything. And then to wrap it up with a shootout and against kind of the world number ones, you know, we were really the underdogs. Like, it had just, like, the whole story was remarkable. Um, and the fact that we got to that point without even losing a game again was pretty special. Yeah. Um, and it was just, I think it was just a sign of, like, ultimate teamwork. Again, we, were, we weren't the best hockey team in that, in that final. We knew that but we were the best team and we knew how to kind of get over the line and we always knew how to find a way to win that's always what we said as a group yeah. um so the more they threw at us the kind of more difficult we got to beat um so yeah spe- uh, special memories that's for sure it still gives me goosebumps i saw a replay of it just the other day on another interview and it still doesn't feel like i was actually there i was gonna say some of our colleagues when we said we were going to get you on the podcast and obviously um a few weeks ago we had you um on our walk to wellness everyone was so excited there are some serious fans of you and, and the team um <laughs> yeah. within our team and you know talking yeah. about the moment i i used to play football to a, a certain level as a kid and i was a goalkeeper for that as well and there's something about penalty shootouts that are just the most terrifying intense <laughs> yeah. moment i'm sure it's the same in hockey like how on earth do you deal with that kind of pressure at that level, like yeah. Olympic level, you know, knowing the whole world is watching you? Like, how on earth do you prepare yourself for something like that? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one because I almost feel like in the moment, I, the words of like, the whole world is watching and there's a, <laughs> a gold medal on the line that never crossed my you mind. You can hear the yeah. commentators. That's yeah, good. Yeah. It was probably a good thing. So definitely something to um, probably think about again if that comes around. But I remember like, I guess I think it was just a sign of like how I felt and how the group felt in that we just felt like overly prepared for that moment. Um, we really had been there and done it a million times, whether that be kind of in competition or in training. We had a good history against the Dutch in shootouts. We, the last two we'd won, they, we knew they didn't like us very much in those moments. So we already felt like we had kind of the the edge going into it. And also we believe so much in our routines and our processes that it was a bit like for me, I think, there was no there was no sense of fear of course I was nervous um but I knew kind of if I stuck to what I've done so many times that makes me feel at my best and perform at my best then I just had to trust that it was going to go okay I think it helped that I'd been really active in the game and I felt very much in the moment um but there was just no reason to fear anything like if we hadn't won it on the shootout of course it would have been tough to handle but I wouldn't have regretted a single thing I'd have never looked back and said I could have done an extra session here or I could have done you know, there was mm. there was nothing more I could have done to be ready for that. So it was just a case of getting out there and, and having a crack. <laughs> but what you've just explained there is an extremely strong mindset. And I think that yeah. comes to when you're at your level and, you know, you've talked about the, the resilience, actually, you've had to show throughout from from starting yeah. hockey, just trying to just trying to get in the team and then the knockbacks and the knockbacks mm. and then get into a point where you're you're there and you're at the Olympics. I mean, that's, you've already sort of jumped your toughest hurdles in a sense. And yeah. then you are there and you've proven your worth and you're there with a team who might not be the best on paper, but actually are so, so gelled and so work so well together yeah. as a team that that can overcome anything, anything. that come over, that can you know overcome the best teams in the world and I think for me that's what made it so so special 
um, and must have felt even sweeter the fact that the Dutch didn't really like you. So, um, you know, that obviously that that makes it even yeah. better. Well, it's like it's like little things like you know we talk we talk about when the whistle goes. We, I think we probably spent more time than any team, and I, I don't know this for sure, but I do I do believe it that we probably spent more time than any team looking at the t- the tiny one percenters, like the little things, like when the whistle goes individually what are you doing as a team where are you looking how are you walking what's your next action like all these sort of things we looked over to the dutch at the whistle going and they honestly looked like they'd already lost it so straight wow. away that you know that's giving us so much more energy like we've already yeah. beaten them we've not even started you know their coach went and just sat down on the bench our coach is kind of up with us kind of you know during like it, little things like this um and we you know as a shootout group we talked about how long for the outfielders to take to walk to the line to go get the ball like make sure it's it's in your time you're not dictated by because the goalie's ready to go that you need to rush up when you get there where are you looking are you looking at the goalkeeper you're looking at the ball all these sort of things and same for me like how long do I take to walk to the goal when I get to the goal what am I doing um how am I like again just the detail that we went into that there was nothing that we hadn't thought about so there was nothing so much of that though with mindset it's all ingrained but the preparation allows you to believe I think the preparation allows you to have just so much confidence in what you're doing um because i think it is that fear of failure or that kind of regret that probably stops athletes really achieving and it's just mm-hmm. like if you can honestly hand on heart say this you've done everything then what are you fearing like mm. it, you know there's sometimes there's just no more than you can do and we could have done all the exact same and finished sixth over there and we just mm-hmm. probably would have been like well it wasn't meant to be and yeah. i think that's always like the approach that i've had and i guess definitely the resilience has come from my journey for sure I don't think I would be with the keeper that I am or what I've achieved if I hadn't had quite such a tough start I probably would have done okay just from natural ability but I don't think I'd have quite got to where I've got to I think that has come from almost a difficult start so setbacks are definitely as as cheesy as it sometimes sounds you see it all the time it's a true thing like they do make you stronger if you're willing to kind of like look at it in that sort of way um so yeah so obviously you, you found your way of dealing with things and all of that pressure and probably the constant training and the constant matches. And then lockdown happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a totally different world. It's probably been difficult for you guys to be able to train. Obviously you are now able to, which yeah. is great. And there haven't really been any matches or anything for you to take mm-hmm. part in. So how have you been able to stay focused on your goals and not just from a mindset perspective, but I guess from a fitness. And I know in the walk you did, you talked about, you know, just clambering to get whatever gym equipment you could in your house and yeah. things like that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I remember being actually sat right here. And again, we were supposed to be just about to leave for South Africa because um, we were only a matter, I think, of a matter of weeks away from our Olympic team kind of being known, you know, in a matter of months away from going. So things were really kind of in the thick of it at that stage. Um, and obviously we'd been out in Australia and New Zealand a lot before and we'd seen on the news like covid was this this covid situation was going on and no one kind of really understood like the how extreme it was or, or the direction that it was heading so when we came back we were cracking on and then it was like bang this like email comes out and it's like okay uh so actually we're not only not going to south africa you cannot come into bishop abbey and you all need to stay at home and, and while you're all there make sure you all just stay fit and strong and it's like hang on a second <laughs> like, <laughs> yes so, yeah. so, the olympics is still going ahead apparently at this stage and oh, but wow. you but you all need to kind of 
stay where you're at somehow so it was like obviously there was like pure panic and again yeah. I was very fortunate I had people around me to help me make it possible to have a uh, gym equipment here and I had the space for it again some of my teammates lived in one bed flats in London like yeah. there was no option for them to get a, a full-blown gym in their garage right. like yeah so I was, <laughs> I'm sure I'm yeah. sure a lot of team members just think well I'm hardly here I'm all over the place all over the world yeah. Why would I just have a little hub at home yeah yeah I don't which is what gym. this place has been for my entire life I've been here I've been in this house about eight years you know I've been full-time for 11 years down here it has just been a base it's never really even yeah. been seen as home um so I was just dead lucky and um I think with that I then just tried it was hard because at the beginning I definitely found it really tough and it was just like that stillness I'd never really experienced like again we're so used to just being on the go or like constantly like looking to strive for something or going somewhere or competing or whatever it's just literally relentless so to be like okay what's next like what shall I do was a really I found something quite difficult to uh, come to terms with so I had to try and stay busy and I'm lucky I have a couple of housemates and um, both of them are in the men's squad so again it was similar we kind of all understood what was going on so we just tried to do things together and have little competitions in the gym or whatever just like mix it up again don't do the same old because we don't really know what's next and the fact that it was delayed a year if if we'd gone full intense in that kind of march april may june period that first lockdown we probably would have burnt out and been now just fed up so we wanted to stay fit and healthy but stay in like mentally like in a good place and enjoy kind of being together enjoy being at home for me i actually have loved just being in my house like calling it home I've painted every wall in this place um, which I think everyone's done like Pinterest yeah. took over my life I was like, yeah. I like um, and in some ways I think once I got to turn with the fact that this time will probably never exist again like enjoy like in some ways enjoy it enjoy the opportunity that you have to get yeah. stuck into stuff that I've never had the chance to do um, once I got my head around that I think I was strangely quite content with that first lockdown mm-hmm. like enjoyed the ability to kind of switch off give back to my body give it a rest but stay healthy and fit and mentally in a good place uh, and then like we say uh, we've been fortunate that eventually we were able to slowly start getting back together mm-hmm. as a squad and initially it was tiny little group training sessions like twice a week like literally nothing and now we are back into a full training week as a full squad and yes we're not playing international games or anyone else but at least we're together and at least we can still kind of make progress yeah exactly yeah people with high energy used to moving every single day training every single day suddenly asked to just stay still yeah very much yeah at least you can rationalize and we've all got to that point where we've said what we have to accept this and we have to enjoy our homes I mean I we we were never at home yeah we were always just you know it's it's literally a hub we're in and out in and out all the time suddenly I'm sitting here looking at my house thinking oh I don't really like this. So I've, moved it, I've moved this room. We were saying earlier, I've moved this room around about four times because I just need, like, I need yeah. it to look different. I've never New viewed my house in this Zoom. way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Whereas kids, people that got kids at home that are used to moving and doing sports all the time, I've got two sporty boys, they can't rationalise. No. They can't get to that point mentally. So, um, yeah, I always give a, a bit of a big up to the parents out there with... Um, active kids who have been asked to stay still and it's really hard yeah and I think it was interesting to hear what you said Maddie about how even in the first lockdown you and your team were all desperate to find new ways of 
staying active because you knew you'd get bored and to hear that that happened to someone of your level of athleticism you know I'm sure so many people are like oh my god I'm doing that same YouTube workout again every morning like you have to keep switching it up to keep it interesting or you're just going to completely fall off aren't you? 100% like and and we were quite fortunate that the coaches in the end trusted us that you know we're we're all like we're all people that want to do well so naturally we're not going to go just start being slobs on the sofa and just come back in terrible shape like we were going to look after ourselves but they also needed to like let us off the leads (laughs) and trust (laughs) and trust because again like if if they'd constantly been there and just not given us that time to also just like understand that how difficult a situation is like be be there for your family like just the more important things in hockey right now so so it was important it was really great that as a program they trusted us to do that and they let us go but yeah of course I, the last thing I wanted to do was do the same gym session that I've done for pretty much my entire life I know that works I know why I do it and I know that will deliver what I need but right now I didn't need that so it was really nice to also kind of be online with everyone else in the world looking at what everyone else is doing and kind of being like oh that's cool I want to try that or the challenges like bits and bobs like that and um yeah in some ways it was it, we've almost connected more than ever I think in a weird way across the world like it's it has been um in many ways quite unique so yeah Mm. we've really enjoyed trying different things like you know for me we we managed to get a walk bike in the garage and I've never really been massively into cycling but it's something that I started to really enjoy and then when the weather came out and we were eventually allowed out to exercise I was able to take that out and actually see Maidenhead which was was a lot (laughs) nicer than I realized um and things like that so there's been so many positives and so many of these things I will 100% take into normal life when it returns like there's so much I've learned from this um so it's not all that negative Oh, that's so good. And it's interesting you said about, you know, your team and how you've managed to still all stay connected through all this. And then it must have been such a relief being able to go and train with them again. So as someone that has thrived in team sport, what are your thoughts on the importance of support, whether that's in a well-being journey or just in general life? I mean, especially after all of this in lockdown, I think we all realise the importance of it and not being alone. Oh, massively. And I think it's just that like comfort or trust in whoever your like support network is. And, and my team have always like I've had more, so many teams over the years, so many different phases, but that bond that you have together, like even if you're like so different as people, you still have that bond. So I think there's always that trust that you can just say to them, hey, like, how did you find this week? Oh, yeah, I found it quite tough. And it's like it's the same. Like, even if it's not my hockey team, my my every person has their their bubble we call it or their support network and it could be one person two people 10 like whatever it is you need but you have to be able to with those people be willing to open up and that's I think that is quite hard like especially from an athlete's perspective Mm -hmm. we we are kind of (laughs) not trained or bred sometimes probably (laughs) wrong totally wrong word but (laughs) almost like made to be strong like come across strong in 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 the way we act so the way we carry ourselves like you cannot afford to almost be seen weak on, on the international stage mm-hmm. but yeah like take us off there we're all human and we all have our insecurities and yet so actually opening up and being willing to go do you know what today I'm just not okay is, is a really tough thing to do and I've always found that like quite hard to establish who those people are that I want to do that because even to my parents like, I don't want them worrying about me so I probably yeah, don't yeah. really tell them um and like to my friends I don't want to burden them with all my rubbish but yet they want it like they want to hear it like if my mate was struggling and they didn't tell me I'd, like, I'd want to know but yet I, don't, I almost feel like sometimes I can't tell them because you know I'm not seeing you that often at the minute so the last thing you want to do when we catch up is hear about how miserable I am but yeah, yeah. but yet you like the more you do it the more comfortable you get with it and I definitely think again that period like everyone was communicating more than ever because everyone had so much more time and I think it again taught me a lot of the value of just like 
opening up and and um and being like real and being honest and and like we started at the beginning of the conversation it's very easy to just be like oh it's all okay yeah. but but the more you do that and, and the more you're not honest to yourself the more it's draining for sure so yeah that's been uh hugely important and having teammates i've always been lucky i think that i've always been used to an environment where i do have people um but you need to have that and also your real close network like who are the people that you really care about and who's your comfort you? group yeah exactly yeah. exactly who are always going to be there is the key i think yeah that's really important i totally get that <laughs> as well and we talked um we know you, you were on our one of our walk to wellnesses um the other week um and you talked <clears throat> about um priorities and and a certain pie <laughs> and uh, when we were talking about it I thought oh god that absolutely makes sense so you yeah. have your pie and yeah. you prioritize within that and you've explained it much better than I would but I'd really like to talk about it again for the sake yeah. of the people that weren't on that walk um, yeah. because that would be really helpful yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's a quite uh, an interesting way of looking at things. It, you know, it was my idea. It came from um, a psychologist that I've worked with for a number of years, and and again, like um, I think one of the things, and it's not just doesn't apply to sport. It applies to like anyone with mm-hmm. any job really. Like you naturally invest an awful lot of energy into something that is your job and you kind of seem to have to do um and it's the same for me with hockey like it's always i have to be better at this i need to be and like the wording that i use and he was like all right maddie like okay let's draw a pie and i was like this guy this guy's lost it but okay. <laughs> it's not for me it's yeah. not for me <laughs> oh here we go another one <laughs> so anyways he's got me drawing this pie and he's like so now in that pie like put in what matters to you and like and like if it's obviously a big piece then that's your most you know the thing that matters to you most and I'm drawing this pie and I'm putting it in and it, and like what became so obvious to me like once I put family I put health happiness like friends work whatever and then hockey like hockey was quite a small part of my pie <laughs> like it was quite a small part yet I spend what I was spending 90% of my energy in my day putting that into that small part of my pie yet I've got this massive bit of pie of family and I've not picked up the phone to my mom or my dad in like Mm. five days and he's like you know that's where you actually get your energy from by investing your time into kind of what really matters to you and it's not that hockey doesn't matter to me but it is not the most important thing in my life yeah I'm giving everything I have to it so it kind of again having this like piece of paper with literally a pie on I've now made it quite pretty mine mine's quite looking quite good um but (laughs) but it's something that I literally leave on my desk and I try and just look at ideally once a day and just go like okay of these bits in my pie what have I done to actually invest into those parts today like Mm -hmm. um and it just makes you really step back and reflect because you can just literally just not stop and, yeah. and and particularly in the last like without covid like we all just go 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 and you don't ever take a time to just step back and reflect and i guess that's what's so great about the walk to wellness is that that gives you that opportunity to think about it so even if you just went on that walk and took your pie with you at least yeah. you can have a look at it and look at it or it's kind of the same sort of thing like give yourself time to just go right what have okay. i done today yeah to actually kind of like because it matters like the amount of times I've gone to myself god I've literally not rang my mates for like about seven weeks like I'm literally not caught up with them or something happens where you're like god I'm such a terrible friend and you look at your pie and you're like they matter to me like they really do but yet you just don't put the effort in to make it and that bothers me so then again it's just habits it starts to shift your habits and before you know it you kind of your day-to-day routine just starts to look a little bit more balanced whereas yeah. yeah everything in one section in your pie is definitely not the way to go and that doesn't help me as an athlete at all like I just find myself burning out and getting tired 
Yeah. And those things, so those priorities you don't invest in, even though they're a priority, you then worry about and they then cause you stress. Yes, it's a constant yeah. cycle. So it's that cycle that you yeah. need to sort of focus on and, um, yeah, p- make a plan. Yeah. Change. Yeah. Change Definitely. things. And the visualisation of it, even though we're, we're laughing at the fact it's a pie and uh, <laughs> Maddie's probably drawn a little, like, short crust pastry around it <laughs> and whatever, but um, you do need that visualisation and breaking things down into slices or chunks makes it so much easier. I made a fatal error that every day of lockdown at the beginning, my to-do list would be absolutely everything I could possibly think of. And then every day it would stay the same with maybe a couple of things ticked off. When actually, why didn't I just do it as just little bits each day and then I'd feel like I'd actually achieve more. It's like you're you're building yourself up to fail. Whereas actually, if you break it down like that, you, you have that moment to go, right, Today's going to be the day I message five friends and just say, how how have you been? Like, what have you been up yeah, to? I yeah. think it's so important to look at it that way. And yeah, it's been so nice to hear you talking about things like that. Yeah. And, you know, it just shows whatever your job is and your career is, we're, we're all feeling that way. And we've all had to deal with that and find ways of making it work for us. Yeah, exactly. And I generally think the whole little and often approach for most things is, is key. It's, it's, it's how we do goal setting like from a, a performance point of view, but also like for me as a person through lockdown, just trying to achieve something on a daily basis. So it didn't feel like I'd look back and go, what the hell have I done for the last 12 months or 10 months? Like what, where am I in comparison? Nowhere. But if every day I was like, right, yeah, today I'm going to, by the end of this week, I will have made a conscious effort to, 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 reach out to five of my mates that is progress like that is a tick box and with progress you feel a little bit better even if it's tiny rather than being like by the end of this year i'm just going to be a better person well what (laughs) does that mean like (laughs) like how do you get there so and again we're very fortunate in the world i live in that like goal setting is a very normal thing but i know to a lot of people outside of it it's like what the hell does that mean but it's like very actually easy to achieve things quite often and quite regularly if you just don't demand so much of yourself from the exactly. very beginning like strive don't worry put it there like we put a gold medal up there we put it there all the time but like we just leave it there and then try not to talk about it too much because yeah. there's so much you have to do between now and then to actually reach that um and, it and is allow yourself to change your mind as well you know yeah. set, a, set yeah. a year's goal you might change yeah. your mind in a couple of months and that's yeah. allowed yeah exactly be kind to yourself like it's normal so um yeah it's it's an interesting way of looking at things and definitely the whole kind of like every day just like something and also it's okay to wake up one day and be like you know i just don't feel like it at all like that's all right but like if you just go okay right like today was this this was my plan but i'm feeling pretty down or i'm like just not feeling it okay don't just like wrap in the like and say i'm not gonna do anything and and then the next day you'll probably regret it most most of the time that's what happens go okay just reset your goal for that day right i said i'd do a 10 mile run i'm gonna do one mile okay it's not a run yeah yeah i mean i don't run at all that's why i'm a goalie but um, but do you know what i mean so it's just like that so you can at least look back and go i did i did do something and like again in that moment the fact that you did do something is a huge step because so many of us would just go oh stuff it i'm not feeling it today i'm just gonna mope around and then how many times the next day you go that was the best decision i ever made (laughs) exactly it just does not happen like that definitely and i think you've just made me realize what the title of this episode will be goalkeeping and goal setting Oh, with Maddie Hinch. There I'm a bit disappointed. Pies has not got into it. So oh well. yeah, maybe maybe we have the priority pie as the as the title instead. We'll let we'll let our producer decide. But no, thank you, Maddie. This has been such a nice chat. I think me and Sam could really talk to you all day if we could. But um, we will let you go off and enjoy the sunshine that we've finally got today. But yes, you've you. been an amazing guest. For anyone that hasn't ever seen 
Maddie in action. You've got plenty of time to go on YouTube, watch some amazing moments of her career and you want to shout out your socials as well in case anyone wants to follow yeah i mean the pretty pretty simple it's just at maddie hench at hinch hench at maddie <laughs> hinch um at maddie hinch but yeah i mean i'm trying at the minute as much as possible to share some stuff that people can do at home like i am trying i'm very aware that i have access to a lot of stuff so i have tried to just make those kind of home friendly at the minute so if anyone is looking for some sort of new stuff to do i am putting some bits and bobs up there at the minute that sounds Amazing. great. Brilliant. We'll check it out. Yeah. Well, it thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you again to Maddie. Thank and you. we'll see you all next week. Thank Bye. you guys. Bye. Bye.